0: Hey, guys, I'm Eric McLean.
1: And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast, where we talk ACC football. Mac, there were some highs. There were some lows this week in the ACC, but I want to start with you were in Chapel Hill with your bros, Jordan, EJ, Coach Rick, Kelsey was there. And I thought you guys brought the fire when it came to the wardrobe. Can, can you break that down for us? Yeah. Well,
0: you know what's been very interesting, KG, is that we have actually matched very well these first yes. three weeks, like very unintentionally. It's not. You know, we, we don't have a scheduled Zoom or FaceTime, you know, before we travel to Bristol. Like, yo, what, coach, what are you wearing? EJ, what are you wearing? It's just kind of worked out. And, uh, you know, I appreciate it. And and guys bringing in the heat. Coach was, speaking of heat, uh, coach brought in, out a suede jacket and it was 2000 degrees. So, you know, not yo, he didn't what? look at the weather like typical parent advice. Check the weather before you go somewhere. I should have called him. Uh, I feel I feel like that was my fault, but, but it was hot. <laughs> Uh, but it was amazing. I mean, that night game was everything that I wanted, that I thought it would be. Quarterback play was unbelievable. We'll talk about that in great depth here in a second. But KG, it was unbelievable. The environment was fantastic. Those guys were loud um, and really just into the entire game. It, it was really great to see. And just to be back you know, with people, we were on the field the entire time, a little bit different than when we were at NC State. You know, We were kind of on top and, and in the stadium, but not on the field. For this one, we're right square in the middle of it, right in front of the student section. So they were uh, they were really tremendous, and it, and it was a ton of fun.
1: Is that one of the better atmospheres that you've seen in Chapel Hill? Because I don't even – did you even play in Chapel Hill? You never did. Never. Yeah.
0: How crazy is That's that? the only But oh, I listen hate you, to divisions. This. So Coach Mark Rigg never played there. He coached there a couple of times, but went to Miami, never played there. EJ went to FSU, never played there. He was redshirted the year that they played. And then myself, never played there. But I did play KG in high school in the state championship as a sophomore, and I lost. It was the saddest day ever.
1: (laughs) Well, it looked rocking. It It looked rocking on um, ACC Network for sure. Okay, we're going to start with the two big games that are really receiving all the publicity of the weekend and we're still going to talk about cuz there were some other really big ones Miami, Virginia Tech, UCF, Wake and Florida State and in all those we got to give Duke their props. But let's start cuz we doubted them, Mac. We doubted them. Let's start with Clemson Georgia Tech. I think this is the game that people in the ACC and beyond are talking about because it's absolutely puzzling. <laughs> Clemson beat Georgia Tech 14 to 8. Yes, 14 to 8. Now, I was there. I was at the game for the first half. And it was a very slow first half, pretty boring, pretty dull football game. And then it starts raining. And then we hear the lightning delay. I didn't see any lightning, but we hear the lightning delay. And there were some dark clouds moving on in. So my group, I'll admit this, Mac, my husband and and my friends, we left because we thought, okay, this is going to take a while. And this game wasn't exactly exciting in the first part. I hope no one crucifies me for that, but... We got out of there, and then we actually got home. We got back to Greenville, South Carolina before the game even resumed, so it worked out great. But overall, I have a lot of thoughts on this game. I know you too, uh, you do as well, Mac. Initial thoughts on Clemson's win?
0: Uh, the offense needs to figure it out big time. I mean, those guys have <laughs> really? got to—they've got to get going. And it's—it's it's beyond crazy, KG, to look at this to think that this is where Clemson is with all these five stars, all these athletes, all these playmakers. And 126 passing yards, 158 rushing yards It is berserk. And, and you know, with these type of games, you know, we get to see you know bits and pieces here and there, so you don't get a true rhythm of the game. But this game was already broken up in itself with the mm-hmm. the delay no and flow. the weather, no flow. And we, and we heard from the coaching staff and you know, Coach Sweeney specifically that you know they're just saying this is one of the craziest games I've ever been a part of. You know, in my you know 30 something years that he's been you know a, a coach, this is the most difficult, but you know, I think it's it's time to be concerned. You're three games in, and your offense has scored uh, you know two touchdowns against Power Five opponents in three games, and that's not ideal, I guess. Two games when you're looking at Power Five, but you know, just the 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 lack of explosion, the lack of um, even opportunity for explosion, like taking shots and taking big plays downfield. And, and we saw the press conference. We heard the the you know the the words there from coaching staff and saying, hey they did something different. They had so many guys back. Kelly, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like you attack that. You, you don't worry about what other people are doing. Yeah. You worry about what you're doing.
1: See, and, and that's, I, I have two main questions here for you, Mac, as a former player. The first one, and you know, a lot of things I think about from a basketball perspective, because I'm a former basketball player. But when I hear coach Elliott saying things like they dropped eight in coverage, so we knew all we could do was run the ball. And they did. They were running it effectively. If Shipley doesn't fumble um, as they're getting close, they're almost in the red zone. They probably score there. You know, they probably score there. And then this game feels a lot better at 21 to three. Maybe Georgia Tech still gets another field goal, whatever. But you don't. And it felt like Clemson just resigned itself to the fact, okay, Georgia Tech's dropping eight. We have five stars and four stars. They have three stars, but we're still not going to attack that. And I I think that's one of the main frustrations from Clemson fans is it feels like even though you're more talented, you're you're letting the other team dictate everything. Am I off on that?
0: No, and that, that's exactly the case. And really, I have two big time concerns about what you just said there. Number one, OK, if there's eight people in coverage, I'm not great at math, but that only means that there's three that are defending the run, quote unquote. Clemson averaged 3.8 yards a rush. If that's what your argument is, that is... Embarrassing. You can't run on three people. You you can't have more explosive runs. You you had a hundred and fifty eight rushing yards on forty one attempts, and there was who only was three that on. People.
1: Was that, it's a combination of O-line and your true freshman, Will Shipley?
0: It's the whole offense. And this is, you know, people are going to try to blame one point or another. No, it's it's everybody. Shipley had 21 carries. When the heck did Travis Etienne ever have 21 carries? (laughs) Ever. And I guarantee he would have way more than 88 yards. That's a good point. So I'm not saying that it's, you know, Shipley's fault. I think Shipley is a superstar and probably the brightest part of this team on the offense so far to this point. But it's just, it's super mind-blowing, KG. And then the second point is what you just alluded to in in saying Justin Ross is better than any defender on that field. Make him lose if that's what you're going to do. If he's triple covered, throw it to him. If he's double covered, throw it to him. Single covered, throw it to him. Put him back outside. I think the slot experiment is over. Put him back outside and let's get it going. And and that's what they're going to have to do offensively. Trust your quarterback. Trust your wide receivers. Trust your offensive line and get back to this offense. I mean, this is like this is like 2010 pre Chad Morris offense. I mean, it's what I, I don't understand what's happening. It's hard when you're not in the meetings. It's hard when you're not there physically going through the practices and understanding why we're doing the things that we are. Is it people aren't understanding? Is it players don't get it? Is players unable to perform? Or is it lack of the calls? Is it lack of coaching? I, you know, I just don't know. It's hard to imagine either one of those when you look at this team and, and who they are and what they do. But at the end of the day, until proven otherwise, Clemson will figure it out. And Clemson will bounce back and they'll be fine. And maybe this is, I've seen a couple of people say this, maybe this is their North Carolina game from a couple of years ago where after that game, they set the ACC on fire and, and you know, went on to dominate everybody. So is that the case? Then everybody forgets very quickly. Uh, flipping over to Georgia Tech really quick, and we can come back to Clemson if you'd like. Unbelievable performance. I mean, to to do what you yeah, did. Yeah, you got to
1: give Tech Absolutely,
0: to, to have the fight, to get after this offense, to, to hold them to zero passing touchdowns, unbelievable credit to you guys. No fight at all, or no lack of fight at all, really to the very end. I mean, having a chance. Uh, and, and you just, this is what you wish, KG, is that you could see this consistently from Georgia Tech. Why did we lose to Northern Illinois when you could play like this? It makes no sense. And that's where you have to get as a program, take those steps forward, which clearly they can, and it's exciting to see that, uh, but overall, you know, just to look back at Clemson, got to pick it up, got to figure it out.
1: I know Jeff Sims is hurt, but to me, it feels like Yates is the guy. I was impressed with him, no quitting him, as you mentioned, Mac, making plays, really getting out of the pocket and extending plays, incredible athleticism, but no turnovers, and I thought he passed the ball pretty well. I feel like Yates, and that's where you go back to Northern Illinois, right? Yates didn't win the job, he didn't start. You had the QB injury, etc., but Georgia Tech—they've looked pretty good with Yates playing quarterback.
0: Yeah, twenty completions, two hundred yards. Again, not great at math. That's ten yards of completion. That was pretty incredible, good. especially against you know possibly what will end up being a top five, number one potentially defense in the country when you see what they're able to do. Uh, so that that's incredible by Yates. And now you know now that I'm kind of you know sparking these things in my brain, I, I've been hit a lot, Kelly, a lot of a lot of contact <laughs> to the head here. So I, I forget things. Clemson's defense is unbelievable. These guys, I mean, party like it's 1981. These guys are going to win football games. And they have, you know, did that against Georgia Tech, almost did it against Georgia. Uh, That is the caliber that those guys are playing at. And and just the the athletes that they have over there, led by Skowski, clearly. LaVonta Bentley had an awesome game. I mean, to see a guy who had 13 tackles, a sack, a couple of tackles for loss, uh, really impressive to see him. And then a guy that, KG honestly just screams off the screen every time that I see Clemson and watch Clemson is Andrew Booth. He is playing so well. He's going to be a top 10 draft pick. I mean, it's it's unbelievable to see how well he's playing, how physical he's playing. We've already seen him be a ball hawk. Now he's so involved in the run game. So very impressed with the defense doing an unreal job and, and going to win Clemson if this is the way it's going to be. You know, going to win them a lot of football games this season.
1: More like party like 2014. And you were on that team, Mac, where Clemson's winning, beating Louisville 17 to (laughs) 10 and stuff, because that was the number one ranked defense in the country. Deshaun kept getting hurt, just didn't have a lot of continuity on offense. Um, Okay. I I still, I want to ask you one more question because I saw it in Dabo Sweeney's quotes tonight, but you brought up the word trust. And I think the lack of trust is obvious. And to me, it's this never ending cycle of the coaches don't trust DJ. He's 18 to 25, but every single thing was a dink and dunk, everything. And it feels like DJ doesn't trust himself. And I think that's because the coaches don't trust him. Now, where did it start? Like if he didn't do enough in fall camp to earn the trust, I understand. But I think it's a vicious cycle. If your coaches don't trust you, you're not going to trust yourself. And I see that with DJ. Do, do you see that lack of trust?
0: Well, I think it's that, that is a good answer for why we're not seeing the type of things that we are i mean it is it is i mean that's a that's a big time thing when a player or a coach doesn't trust each other so it's you know hard to go out and say that without more direct type of uh you know maybe i don't know if the word's proof whatever you want to say oh, i don't have proof
1: this is right, just right, right. No, psychologist no doubt, no kelly doubt. watching the game that's right. And, you know, with zero psychology degrees right. trying to figure out what's going on. For
0: sure. But <laughs> I, I think that that's certainly a thing that we can throw out there because of the lack of explosive plays, because of the lack of shots down the field. And is it decision-making? Is it ability? You know, what is it? We don't know. And, you know, hopefully we, we don't find out because they figure it out. Uh, but yeah. but another big thing, Kelly, that I'm paying attention to is the fumbles loss. I mean, it is yes nuts how Great Clemson is, is just – not taking care of the ball. Cannot remember when that has been a problem fumbling. Now, certainly, you know, uh, Trevor had his fair share of interception problems uh, in his second uh, career year. Same thing with Deshaun, you know, threw a ton of picks to start that season. Uh, but fumbling, I, I can't really remember ever being a problem. So, you know, something that has to be figured out uh, w- along with a lot of other things on the offensive side of the ball.
1: Last Clemson question, then I promise we're getting to Virginia UNC, which was a lot more fun, and we had basically a hundred points. So it was a lot it was a, a really fun football game. I saw in Dabba Sweeney's press conference, and I want to ask this to a former player. He said that the offense this week practiced really well, and then they didn't put it together on Saturday. Have you experienced that as a player where practice you feel like everything's going great and then on Saturday it just doesn't come together?
0: You know, I certainly think so. I mean, there's things, you know, when people do things that you're not prepared for or you're not used to seeing, that certainly can play a part. But you would just hope that there's times where you can just rise up and probably thought that Clemson was past all of that to where they're they're not worried about anyone but themselves and the standard that they're playing to. You know, when I was playing, we were still trying to get to that point so maybe it is a couple of steps backwards. Maybe it is a couple of steps where this team, you know, truly is is starting from a different place than, you know, these last four, five, six years to where that honestly can affect them. So I think this answer is certainly yes there, Kelly.
1: Okay. Let's talk UNC Virginia, number 21, North Carolina, 59, Virginia, 39. And here's the bottom line, okay? Clemson fans, after the six-hour football game that was Clemson-Georgia Tech, they're watching UNC Virginia and they're thinking, look, UNC is out here scoring 60. And again, we talked about Virginia's defense. They had a lot to prove. They didn't prove anything against UNC. But if you're a UNC fan, you're looking at a potential Clemson-UNC matchup now way down the road in the ACC title. And you're thinking, heck, if we can score, and I know Clemson's defense is good, but if we can score like that, we got to be able to put up maybe 20, 25, 30 on Clemson. I think this UNC offense is it's a game changer. And they looked, I mean, so did UVA's offense, but UNC's offense, it felt like Mac, they're back, right? We <laughs> thought they were gone against Virginia Tech, they're back.
0: It would have been, you know, really fun to see where could this UNC team been mm-hmm. if they didn't start, you know, in Don't the Don't nice look stadium. back, Mac. I, I'm going to look back. I'm not a coach, I'm not a player. <laughs> um, I, I think it would have been really interesting if they had you know, a, an FCS or a G5 start and then, you know, played Virginia Tech next week. You know, what does that look like? Sure. And, and at Lane Stadium, sure, you know, wherever you want to play. But, you know, how differently is that game results-wise? I, I'm not sure, and we'll never know. Uh, but this team is figuring it out. And, and offensively for North Carolina, so fun to watch. I mean, the, the way that they can just attack you is – it's incredible that there's so many different solutions. You have a team that thrives off of big time plays and taking shots and making things happen. That's what we saw in the first half. Not really any sustained drives. 75 yards touchdown. 60 yards touchdown. 50 yards touchdown. Two, three, one play drives. And so that was kind of a not a critique, but it was almost like, okay, can, can we see this happen? You know, EJ brought it up and said, you know, I'd like to see them put a drive together. What does it look like and what they do in the second half? Just score, I think it was six of six. uh, I think all touchdowns and, you know, just look incredible and and able to create that rush attack that we saw against Miami. Ty Chandler, he was running through people, running around people, going over people. I mean, everything that you want to see from a running back really emerged and was fun to see that with breakaway speed, with great vision. Uh, And then Sam Howe, you know, I asked him after the game, said, Sam, look, this is a new piece of your game. Why did you do it? How'd you do it? What'd you want to do? He said, I got trimmer. I lost some baby fat. I knew that with losing two generational type running backs, I was going to have to help with the run game. I was going to have to be a factor and, and have teams respect both people in the backfield when we're doing the zone read. I can't just hand it off and say, go dominate like I could, you know, these last two years. So, I think that speaks of him as a player that a guy who is so important to this team is willing to risk his body. Now he's not out there, you know, getting shot at or anything, but, you know, to risk yourself physically uh, and and run. Thanks for clarifying that, Max. Some people, you know, they might be tuning in for the first time. I want to break down football. There's no, there's no ammunition or anything involved, Um, you know, but he's sacrificing his body running the football uh, and, and has been really effective doing it. So that UNC team, fantastic Defense, you know, it's a little behind of where I thought it would be. But for this game in particular, uh, we knew that was going to be a tall task. I mean, Virginia's offense is tremendous. Brennan Armstrong is fantastic, and, you know, he was on full display Saturday night.
1: Brennan is that dude. Let's be clear. Brennan is that dude. He currently leads the nation in passing yards per game at 433. Yeah, it's insane. And and that's kind of how I would break down this game, Mac, is UNC had a balanced – complete offense, Virginia has Brennan Armstrong, and they have a passing attack, but they only rush for 24 yards, and that was the problem. How many other teams out there this week, or in college football this season, have rushed for 300 and passed for 300 in a game? That's what UNC did. They actually rushed for 392. Against a Power
0: 5 opponent, probably not many. Yes, yeah, not not against
1: an FCS, and Mac, I thought what you asked Hal was really, really interesting because he's always been athletic, but you're right. Last year, he didn't need to run the ball. And the way he ran the ball against Virginia was huge. Um, where does UVA go from here? I mean, just keep scoring points. I feel like there's still going to be a team to contend with in the Coastal. But let me ask you this. What was UVA, besides UNC being great, what was UVA's biggest issue defensively?
0: Uh, well, defensively, it's more of the same. I mean, it, it's that lack of pass defense. And we knew that. We, we knew that, OK, going into this game, if they can defend it all in the secondary, it might be interesting if they can't. Sam Howell's going to light him up, and that's exactly what he did. And, and of course, when your runners get to the secondary, get to that third level, and guys can't tackle, guys aren't physical enough, can't bring you down, you just start running through people, and that's exactly what Carolina was able to do. So, KG, it's more of the same from the defense and and almost in a little bit worse situation because you don't have that pass rush to maybe speed it up and to help make some of those decisions like maybe they had in the past two years. With some linebacker stunts, a, a guy like Charles Snowden who can come off the edge and really make some some things interesting, they don't have that this year. So they're just sitting there and getting attacked. And so that was the biggest problem defensively. That of course led to the rushing attack. But as you mentioned, Brennan Armstrong, freak of nature. And we tried to tell you, we tried to talk about it, and yes, here we, did. we are. QB1, really, on a national level, we need to start seeing him much more respected. His talent, it's just undeniable. I mean, he's that good of a player. All the while, Kelly, he was on a very banged-up knee. His knee was not okay. He had a massive brace on it and still threw the ball 50 times, rushed for it. Uh, You know, I think he had maybe eight rushes, a couple of sacks in there, so his yardage doesn't look good at all, but just can make things happen. So this Virginia team will be just fine. Uh, I don't think they're anywhere close to out of this coastal race just yet. Uh, It's going to be very interesting to see what happens when it's all said and done.
1: It's pretty staggering that Armstrong passed the ball 54 times and Howell only 21 because of how balanced UNC is. Mac, here's the question, and we'll get on to these other games. We talk about Brennan. We talk about Sam. Is Sam Howell still the best quarterback in the ACC?
0: You know, I think that he is um, just because of what he, he... you know has done. You know, I, I hate to just crown people one year wonders, okay, you're the guy. Uh just historically what we've seen from Sam and, and what he's been able to do, how he's been able to do it. I think we still have to give him just out of respect that first position. But Brennan's right there. He's fighting for it. He he might be one B at this point with yeah. with his abilities and, and we'll see consistency. Can he keep it up? And we talked about honestly it stinks that we're having this conversation, but we talked about very early on when we were previewing Virginia, can he stay healthy? When you ask your quarterback to do all that in the offense, there's that risk of getting hit and getting hurt, and that's kind of where we are right here. Hopefully, it's it's something that you know he can heal up quick, keep going, and, and be just fine.
1: Yeah, great point. What well, we hope that Armstrong stays healthy because he's he's electrifying. He's electrifying to watch. North Carolina plays Georgia Tech this week, so that'll be an interesting comparison. If Georgia Tech really has improved, uh, I feel like UNC is going to score more than 14. But, of course, can Clemson look better against NC State? We'll talk about all that throughout the week.
0: Before we dive into a little bit more of these games, KG, I want to tell our friends about On3. They're from the founders of Rivals.com and 24-7 Sports. On3 aims to be the college sports destination for fans who don't just love the game, but love the spectacle that distinguishes college football from other major sports. On3 combines three unique businesses into one company. They provide national news covering the ever-evolving landscape that is college football. They have fan sites that are so fun because they have this local presence that captures the passion and the voice of the fan through these team-based coverage. And then lastly, the database that's coming. It's going to be the ultimate interaction resource ranging from recruiting profiles all the way to the NFL draft info and everything in between.
1: No doubt, Mac. And check out, they have one ACC site right now, the fan sites, ClemsonSports.com. Our guy, Matt Connolly, does a great job. He was all over the coverage for Georgia Tech on Saturday. They also have team channels for every ACC team. So if you go to the team channels on On3.com, you can check out the latest news and notes on your team. And they have a staff of full-time writers that are pushing out stories about every ACC team. So find out more at ClemsonSports.com, but On3.com is the place to go for all that coverage.
0: Come on, KG. All right, we had a ton of games to talk about. I think we, we have to start here because it made me very sad. The Pitt Panthers, oh, no. who Kelly and I both said are about to we go trusted you. five games straight, be undefeated, playing Virginia Tech, <laughs> and you lose the very first one that we said you were going to be undefeated with. Guys, oh you heard gosh. our feelings. Now, there are some silver linings, and I hate to reward people in losses, KG, but ultimately... I, I don't get paid by Pitt. So I'm, you know, if you lose, you win. I'm going to talk about the good things and, and try to be, you know, nice to you. Kenny Pickett balled out. He was not the reason they he was lost. Great. He, he's tremendous. Six touchdowns in one game, the most by far in his career, 382 passing yards, only threw the ball 30 times, which is surprising. You'd think in a game like this, he's throwing it 50 plus. Uh passed Dan Marino for second on the all-time passing list at Pitt. Such a cool accomplishment. Dan actually sent out a tweet as well saying, keep going deep, buddy. Keep slinging it. Uh, So it was really cool to see that. But KG, he was not the reason they lost. The defense is where I start to get really frustrated. And and now we've seen in back-to-back weeks, Pitt give up 35-plus points per game. And and it's not who Pittsburgh is. It's not what they do. It's not how they play. Uh, And especially to a Western Michigan type school. Now look, Vegas thought it was gonna be close and they somehow always know, but to actually win is incredible and uh, it's absolutely mind blowing to me.
1: I'm so disappointed for Pitt and for the Pitt fans because this is just heartbreaking. I saw a headline, Mac, I forget who it was, one of the Pittsburgh writers, and the headline said, Basically, Pittsburgh's season is now a disastrous failure and it's wow. over. That's because aggressive. look, I I get it. Like you could yeah, it was it was harsh. <laughs> you could still go on to win the ACC, I guess, but th- these are just the kind of losses you can't have at Pitt. And I know it's super frustrating for that offense who put up points. I thought what really stood out with this game, Mac, you did have three Pitt turnovers that were rough because this game was a very back-and-forth offensive game. But when you can't run the ball, you can't control the game or the time of possession. Pitt only had the ball for 19 minutes and 45 seconds of a 60-minute game. That's the problem. That's the problem is you were scoring, but you were scoring quickly and because you can't run. And Western Michigan, they, they had the lead. Pitt was trying to climb back in there. They had no drives where they really ran some clock, keeping the ball away from Western Michigan – But overall, Mac, this is—we've seen some tough losses in the ACC this year. I think this is the most disappointing because Pitt, Pitt could—they could still end up nine and three or something—but you have this loss on your schedule, and it just puts a damper on your year.
0: I think how you phrase that is very important. Um, Disappointing, most disappointing. You cannot be disappointed if there is not very high expectations. So you say, "Oh wait, Kelly, you know we, we just saw Florida State lose to an FCS team." There was no expectation for Florida State to to you know have this great year this year. For Pitt, we thought this was going to be a turnaround. We thought that we were not going to see these type of games, and thought with the senior leadership, with the coaching staff, with the mentality that this would not happen. And so that's why I am with you and can say I agree that this is the most disappointing loss uh, up to this point in the conference.
1: We're not mad, Pitt. We're just disappointed. <laughs> Go to right. your room. Go to your room. You're grounded. <laughs> Okay, let's go to some happier notes here, Mac. This game there's
0: not many to Was be the clear. epitome.
1: <laughs> yeah, but this one was good. Was the epitome of college football and how crazy and ridiculous and fun it can be, especially on a Friday night, weird things happen. Louisville beats Central Florida of the Big Twelve, or soon to be Big Twelve, 42 to 35, and the game ends on back-to-back interceptions unbelievable the only two turnovers of the whole game (laughs) those back-to-back interceptions Louisville wins on a pick six absurd great for Louisville I mean this was a huge win for them and I thought the fans showed up for them on a Friday night Malik Cunningham was great especially what he did on the ground 13 carries for 99 yards and Marshawn Ford I know you love him Mac big tight end he was balling Louisville finds a way that was a crazy football game
0: I would have loved to have been at that game just to experience that environment. It wasn't as packed as I thought that it would be, but those those fans did a great job. But they were the, loud. The ones that were there did a very good job and were very loud, but I just couldn't imagine the emotional roller coaster of giving the game away, thinking you're about to lose, and then taking it right back and winning the game. It, it was nuts. I mean, I was in my hotel room screaming, crying, screaming again, and, and just yes. so excited about what we saw from them. <laughs> You mentioned Cunningham. I mean, just a warrior, honestly, to, to see him barely be able to walk by the end of the game, to not come out, to stay in there, to deliver strikes. And I know he had that, you know, almost very costly interception, but you know, just making plays for his team and really, you know, being that captain, that leader. I was very impressed with what we saw from Mitchell. I think that he is turning into an absolute beast, as we thought he would at the running back position for Louisville. And then my guy, Marshawn Ford, just finally had that breakout game. And and really, he was almost unguardable all night long. So really did a great job. Great, awesome effort from Louisville to get this win.
1: We'll learn a lot more about Louisville. I mean, I'm encouraged by their offense. And UCF has a high-powered offense, so I'm not sure this tells us too much about their defense. But the next couple games, we'll learn. At Florida State, can they, you know, I know Florida State looks terrible. We'll get to it. But not have a letdown game. Wake Forest, that's a big one, and then Virginia. So we'll learn a little more about that defense for Louisville. Mac, speaking of disappointments, let's get to Virginia Tech, West Virginia. I picked West Virginia strictly because I thought home field would be a huge factor, just like it was for Virginia Tech against North Carolina. And I think the biggest issue with this game, Mac, you can't go on the road and give up that many points just like that. You lose all momentum in the world. West Virginia scored 14 points on their first five plays. And they had the 80-yard run on the second play by Letty Brown. That's just too much to overcome on the road if you're Virginia Tech.
0: Let me just tell you how quickly those scores happened in case you guys don't understand it. We were doing a show. The show ended at 12. By the time we walked 150 yards to where we could watch TV... It was 14-0. to zero. And I said, <laughs> That's insane. what happened? What is happening? You know, I thought it was a turnover, you know, a special team, something. And nope, they're just running down the field, scoring points. It, it was nuts. And you're absolutely right. You, it's impossible almost to overcome that. Virginia Tech, great job responding. Great job not giving up and, and not quitting. Defense only gave up three points in the second half. But it just goes to show you that this game is so difficult. Wins are so difficult that you almost have to be perfect to, to come out with victories. And and they, like I said, had a shot at the goal line, had four chances, weren't able to score, weren't able to get it. You were down by six, would have won the game. And, and that's a little bit disappointing too. You talk about disappointment with Pitt. You know, really thought that, you know, you could lean on that big offensive line if you're Virginia Tech. Get us into the end zone and, and let's score. You know, let's run it four straight times if we have to. But, you know, I get it. when you get stuffed twice, when you lose uh, or, or when you miss – on the, the second one, you lose yardage. I get that, man, we gotta get out in space. We gotta figure it out. I, I totally get it. One thing that is super interesting to think about with this one, KG, you're on the goal line, you're in short yardage. Who would you try to get to the ball to immediately? James Mitchell, out for the season. How much did that impact this offense and this team? It, it just stinks. I hate it for Virginia Tech. All your goals, though, still right now in front of you, You know, doing great in your division, doing great on your side. Uh, so just try to bounce back and, and get after the rest of the season.
1: No doubt, Mac. The James Mitchell thing was the first thing I thought of, and it reminded me a lot of NC State going down to Mississippi State and giving up that kickoff return. You can't do that on the road. You can overcome that at home, but you can't overcome that on the road,
0: especially against you know out of conference opponents when there's so many different factors, rivalries, all these different things. You've got to start fast. It's just it's instrumental. Uh, you know, kind of in winning those football games.
1: 100%. You know who else didn't start fast was uh, Miami. Michigan State beats Miami. Now, Mac, I told you, we were talking about this on the pod on Friday and we were both agonizing. I was really agonizing over this pick. I thought Michigan State to cover was the play for sure. And the game just got out of hand in the fourth quarter. This is a crazy stat, Mac, that I found on the um, ESPN recap. Miami has trailed at halftime in five straight games. The first halves have been awful. And then speaking of Pitt not being able to run it, UVA not being able to run it, Miami ran it 24 times for 52 yards. That, that was the issue. They made Derek King throw it 59 times. He had the fumbles. He had the picks. They're asking him to do too much, and Michigan State was balanced. They were poised. They didn't turn it over, and they just outlasted Miami.
0: Yeah, and we knew that Kenneth Walker was going to be a problem. Uh, we yeah. we knew that he was going to go off. He absolutely did. Twenty seven rushes, one hundred and seventy two yards. Did not expect to see the worst tackling performance Ugh. ever. I mean, there's ever? this clip ever all time. It was embarrassing. There's this clip, Kelly, that's going around social me- the 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 Google the social media world uh, of this Miami safety has a offensive guy squarely there ready to tackle him and then like just runs into the blocker just just he tries to block it, it He was, almost tries to block it, it was very strange and that's We're kind playing of the, defense that's kind of the the mentality of the entire game and uh it's unfortunate that this miami team has really you know not looked fantastic this year at all and we keep trying to you know wait on these silver linings the good thing was Derek mm. king looked you know pretty good with his arm and, yeah. and throwing for nearly 400 yards he a couple tried. of touchdowns but you know, ultimately those picks, you know, really hurting his team there. um, They've got to get balanced. They've got to figure it out. They have to do more, uh, you know, if you're going to be a a top team in this conference. And really, I mean, to be quite frank, they are extremely lucky they're not 0-3. And and honestly, probably should be. Um, They've got to figure it out. They've got to get it going, Um, you know, or there's probably going to be some changes that happen.
1: Hmm that's a that's an interesting point there, Mag. I think that clip, if you haven't seen it, just search on Twitter, search Miami or whatever. You'll it's find bad. it. He's it's he's good. about to tackle the wide receiver and then he blocks another. It
0: honestly guy. looks like You're playing a, defense.
1: It, you don't block It looks like a
0: madden glitch, to be quite honest. It <laughs> Yes, look it looks real. like a glitch. It,
1: look real. it looks like doesn't a glitch. Look. It's it's unbelievable. The, we will say though, I, this was a very difficult start for Miami. Whoever scheduled that, Mark Rick, I
0: that Blame was him. tough. Blame that was coach. a tough
1: start. <laughs> Tough start for Miami. Mac, let's get to some positives here. I mean, not for Florida State, but Wake Forest. (laughs) 3-0. The Deeks, 3-0. They can play offense. Florida State can't. I thought that was uh, pretty clear. And Wake was also balanced. We're talking about balance a lot on this podcast. 225 yards rushing, 259 passing. Sam Hartman did just enough. And Wake pulls it out. I mean, Florida State, at this point, I'm now thinking... Should Jordan Travis be your starter? Every week, I'm going to think that the other guy should start. I, th- I think we're just at that point with FSU.
0: Yeah, it's really sad. I'll start with the sad and get to the good in, in a second here, guys. But Mackenzie Milton with with four turnovers, uh, another added on by, by Looking Jordan like Hunter Travis Johnson and, and Corbin. I mean, there were so many turnovers in this game. Six, guys. It's hard to win games when you turn the ball over six times. It's hard to win games when you can't stop anybody offensively, um, or as your defense, your defensively. So uh, it's a long road ahead for Florida State. Now, this isn't super shocking to me that they lost to Wake Forest. You and I talked about this early in preseason, Kelly, and thought that Wake would do that. Wake would win this football game, and that's absolutely what they were able to do. Sam Hartman, such a fun quarterback. There's so many in the conference of quarterbacks in the ACC, just super talented guys that you know, are playing very well right now. So it's good to see him continue to do that, getting a lot of wide receivers involved, uh, a ton of guys. But it was fun to see AT Perry kind of his turn to blow up. You know, it goes kind of from Morin to Roberson to Perry, and it was just his time. And, you know, seven receptions, 150 yards, and a touchdown was great to see. And then, of course, the support from Christian Beale Smith as well. So a great offensive attack, uh, attack from Wake, excited for this team. You know, how far can they go? The biggest thing for me is November with Wake Forest. It gets tough in a hurry when you yeah. look at their schedule.
1: Well, and they have Virginia this week. I think that's going to be a very fun game. A lot of points. How banged up is Brendan Armstrong? That's a Friday night. So Friday night games are always a little crazy. That is is a big game for the Deeks. There's no doubt about it. Mac, you could argue that Wake beat two Florida schools this weekend because they beat Florida State and Kenneth Walker beat Miami. So.
0: <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> just saying. I'm just it's saying. It's very true. I mean, could you imagine this Wake Forest offense with him back this year? I mean, I know he wanted to be the guy. I know he wanted to get all the carries and, and you know, Wake's still having Christian Bill Smith. But, man, it would be fun to see him still in the ACC. We got a taste of it this weekend. We got plenty.
1: Here's the thing. When you look at Wake and you look at the skill players and the quarterbacks that they develop, you just have no excuse if you're FSU or Miami or Pitt losing to Western Michigan or Clemson only scoring 14 points. You have no excuse. Wake Forest takes these guys that are two and a half stars and they're out here scoring points and they constantly make a bowl game every single year. I I think that's what's even more ironic about FSU losing to Wake like this because Wake is the most developmental program arguably in the whole league and they just dropped them. It's it's that's crazy. Why if
0: the University of Southern Cal was smart, they'd hire Dave Clawson, But they never, ever, Ooh. ever would do that. They would never do it. But guess what? You probably get back to championships. But hey, you know, go with something that's fun. Do that.
1: Or make a bowl game, right? (laughs) Max, speaking of two teams trying to make a bowl game, let's talk about Duke and Northwestern before we get to our last three, and we'll just run through those quickly. But we got to give our props to Duke. Both of us picked Northwestern, and I think the bottom line is, look, we've always talked about Duke with turnovers. They had three turnovers. Northwestern had five. Okay, that's the difference. Hunter Johnson, former Clemson quarterback, former five-star, had this stretch in the first half, fumble, interception, interception, Punt interception, and then he was benched. And the Northwestern actually looked good. It it just shows Mac that you can be a five star, but in the end, you got to go out there and prove it. And I look, I feel for Hunter Johnson. I'm sorry that his career has turned out like it has, but that was just baffling. And Duke did what they needed to do. They took the turnovers. They put they uh, converted them into points, and they won the game.
0: And that was what was really impressive: the fact that they could take those turnovers, take those opportunities, and score. That's what they could not do a year ago. Number one, they kept giving it to everybody. Number two, when their defense would actually create something, they would just give it right back. They couldn't ever capitalize. And so it was great to see Duke do that, at least for a half. They they kind of forgot how to play football on offense in the second half, not scoring and really letting Northwestern crawl right back in this thing and make it very interesting and uncomfortable for everyone watching at 4 p.m. Uh, but yeah, big time kudos. Very excited to see that program get a, get a big dub and, and for them to continue to grow and, and to get better because it's Similar to uh, you know Wake Forest, it, it gets tougher a little quicker for Duke.
1: A few games to hit on, our last three here. Syracuse blew out Albany. It was good for Syracuse, Tucker, put some points up. Oh my gosh,
0: on yes. fire. Scored like 700 touchdowns. I think he just scored again. He was yep. a leading receiver, leading rusher. And you know what's super funny about that, KG, when they score 62 points? We talked about is there a quarterback controversy? Should we switch it up? Should Schrader be the guy? Should DeVito be the guy? I said, Coach, Whoever can hand the ball off the best to Sean Tucker yeah. <laughs> needs to be the starter, and that honestly, that needs to be their uh, their mindset moving forward. Who, who can? Who does Sean want to hand the ball off to him?
1: Just consult Sean. Okay, ask him what he would like. Over two hundred and fifty yards of total offense, just absolutely unbelievable. Mac BC Temple. We're excited for this BC-Missouri game. At least we were. But Dennis Grissell, 5 of 13 for 34 yards. At least BC was running it, but yikes.
0: Yeah, not good. And, and you know, hopefully we'll, we'll get some clarification on this offense later this week and, you know, get to figure out what's really going on because we've seen Dennis be able to throw it. We, we've seen yeah. him, you know, throw for over 500 yards, by the way, against Virginia, who's who's not good at protecting that or covering that. But we've seen him do it and just not a good day was not able to, to really move the ball effectively with his arm at all, that's going to have to pick up if this Boston College team wants to be who they are because they are not a running team anymore. Now, they had a great day, scored three touchdowns, nearly 200 yards, but that's just not what they do. So we've got to get more involved passing the football, especially this weekend against Missouri.
1: No doubt about it. Okay, the last game here, Mac, NC State beat Furman 45-7. to NC State with a confidence booster heading into Clemson. They're only a 10-point underdog as of now, which is uh, kind of absurd. But we also know this, Mac. NC State just plays better at home. I don't know what it is. Most teams do, I guess. But they're so much better at home, and this game's going to be in Raleigh.
0: And Clemson doesn't really play well in Raleigh. It's going to be an interesting game. Can't wait to break it all down Friday. But look what we saw from NC State. Devin Leary was sharp and looked really, really good. That's what we wanted to see from him. Uh, Just to clean up a couple of things, to go for 263 touchdowns, was impressive, and then of course Donovan Knight back to his old self, a hundred yards, uh, right at ten yards per carry. So I was impressed with it. I love to see it. And uh, KG, anytime you see your players uh, really just get the win that they're supposed to, that that's what you expect and what you want to see. So guys, that's it for this episode. Do yourself a favor, go check out our producer's podcast, Rich Take on Sports. He does a great job with unbelievable guests. Any type of sports story you could imagine. He's got it in a plethora of fun guests and interviews. Go check that out. That's Rich Take on Sports. And that's it from us. It's a fun Monday. It wasn't the best week, but guess what? It's a long football season. We've got plenty more games coming up. Guys, do yourself a favor. Head over to iTunes, download, subscribe, write us a little review, give us a big rating. We would appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see y'all.